and welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast, where it is our mission to honor some authentic people by telling their motivating stories. In the process, we aim to inspire and inform, put smiles on faces, and a little fire under the asses of the masses, my friends. Check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. It is friggin' February 17th in the year 2024. It's a Saturday night, and I am here in my abode in Pennsylvania with my dog by my side, not a teenager in the house. My wife is not in the home. It, we got the place all to ourselves. Before me, I've got a roaring gas fireplace. I've got assorted beverages here, none alcoholic anymore. I quit that shit only on special occasions. I got a little fucking Ron John cup to my left, full of H2O, the universal solvent. That's water. <sighs> Wet my whistle, take a little swig of that. So I've started something, and I could not be more excited, my friends. Uh, if I turn back the digital pages on this podcast, I, I think I can rewind and see, you know, view all of the, the different episodes that I have spoken to life and uh, I think there's more than 600 episodes and much of that consists of course of me leaving my office after a long day at work and trying to regurgitate some of the stories that have been shared with me and uh, some of the events of the day some kind of philosophy maybe something inspired me throughout the day, or maybe something I'm turning my attention to, a book, a meme, a fucking song, a conversation that I had with someone. And I always try to keep it relatively light, right? But I mean, I'm, I'm pretty deep. So I know that I've, I've captured some good stuff and, and really spoken freely. And I strive to be authentic. And as previously stated, that's what this podcast is all about. Telling the stories of some very interesting and authentic people. And boy, do I know some folks who, who meet that, um, those qualifications, that criteria. So 600 episodes and maybe a half dozen included a guest. And using the most primitive equipment as uh, audio, video, podcasting gear is concerned. I started with my cell phone, just speaking into it, in this free podcast app that I've identified called Anchor Podcast. Well, now that has been acquired by Spotify, and now it's called Spotify for Podcasters, or just Podcasters. And I can see, as many of the different music and video streaming apps that have entered our lives over the past decade. Um, our familiarity with those, that free app is now trying to make a transition into something different. Now they're limiting the time that you can speak to 30 minutes unless you use your own equipment, which, which I've now acquired. So anyway, I, was, I started out talking into my phone and then I got these little lavalier mics or little lapel mics that you stick in the charging port of your cell and the audio came in crisply. 
And sometimes those little lapel mics would work great, and other times they failed me. And so my various friends and listeners, they have shared with me. I'm thankful for their feedback when a podcast came in clearly or when it sucked audiovisual-wise, you know. All my shit's audio so far, right? We'll see what the future holds. But anyway, I upped my game, as I shared with you folks maybe a month ago. Over the holidays, I acquired all kinds of shit. I'm looking at my Zoom podcast or PodTrack P4 device that is counting down as I am uh, speaking into this new microphone. And it's got an XLR cable, and we got power cords going into my laptop, and we've got SD cards and SD card readers and all this gear, all these accoutrements that I just neatly um, packed up in my little, got this little military backpack, actually for fishing. And it's pretty cool. It's just got one strap. You throw it kind of um, obliquely across your chest. And, uh, you know, we stuff a bunch of shit in there, so. Because I want to do these podcasts on the go. So I've got all this gear now, and I'm learning about it. Makes me harken back to the days of my, the Marine Corps day. You know, I had all this gear, and when I first um, picked it up or was issued that gear, I had no clue what its purpose was. You know, that rifle, for instance, you know, I had basic familiarity with an M16A2 service rifle. I had handled weapons before, but, you know, just taking that thing apart. And I remember we had a rag. It was like a cleaning towel, but it had all the components, a little place for all the components. So you could, as you disassembled your weapon, you could neatly place its components on that thing, that little rag before you, and it was like... Everything had a spot, you know. Everything was accounted for, present and accounted for. And we would clean and oil and assemble and disassemble and disassemble, assemble for time and to compete against one another. We'd do that sometimes. So you became so accustomed to carrying and cleaning and employing that weapon system or that gear. could be a radio, could be, you know, your web gear that we called, it was all these nylon things, you know, a belt that had these suspender things you'd throw over your shoulders. They were called an H harness. And then later we were issued something called an LBV or a load bearing vest. And that had all these pockets for your magazines and places you could fasten your canteens and all this shit. All of our would be war fighting equipment. Now I'm looking at this all this podcast equipment, all this technological stuff that when I, it first came in all those boxes, cardboard boxes and neatly packed inside with all of its little twisty ties and packing material and instruction manuals. And I looked at this stuff and I said, man, I'm feeling really ambitious. I really want to do this and I don't know where this is going to lead, but I'm afraid that all this money that I'm spending, I mean, it wasn't a tremendous amount of money. It might have been I think $1,000, maybe $1,500, everything. Microphones, recorder, video, um, maybe maybe $1,000, $1,500 or something like that. Not too expensive for stuff that you're planning on getting a lot of use out of, right? 
so I bought this equipment with my, the best intentions in mind, and I fitted it all into this little back room that I have at my office. I got this glass table that I got from Staples fucking decades ago, and the thing still looks nice and clean and neat. It's basically these glass or plexiglass, hardened fucking glass um, platforms that you situate on this black aluminum frame and it's nice and clean it looks good i've got my boom microphones and all my cords and my laptop in there and that's my little place where i do all this shit but i was hoping that all this wasn't good. The, the expenditures were not going to be for naught i was actually going to use the equipment and really do something special with it and i'm on the cusp of that my friends I, th I believe I'm on the cusp of that. Because when I think about making motivation, you know, what this podcast is really about is, is my life. You know, it's about my story and the people in it. You know, the people that populate my life that have come in and out of it and taught me things. And, you know, we were besties or we, you know, maybe we weren't besties sometimes you're going to hear that with the various people that I um I interview I mean obviously obviously I'm on great terms with everybody now but my point is you know some of the people that I am going to interview and they're all lining up now you know we're going to talk about good times and bad and experiences that we share together and how we found inspiration and the first population, of course, that I'm going to be examining on this podcast are my Marine Corps brothers. I say brothers because uh, I was in a grunt unit and it was all male. You know? It was all a bunch of guys, like fucking just pecking order, Lord of the Flies. You know, some fucking, this team that was cobbled together, thrown in there, volunteered, signed their lives away to do this training because somebody, because we wanted to do something hard. We wanted to test ourselves. We wanted to be good enough, be strong enough, be an alpha male. We wanted to protect our country. We wanted to serve for a variety of reasons, maybe family tradition or just to make something of ourselves, you know? I know my mother always said, the service will make a man out of you, Aaron. And it did. I'll be damned. She was right. So if you've been tuning in, last Sunday I interviewed Thomas Forsman, who was one of the platoon sergeants for my old unit, 1st Battalion, 6th Marine Regiment, Charlie Company, 2nd Platoon. And uh, that was an excellent interview. I loved talking to that man. I can't believe it's been almost 30 years since we saw one another. So much time has flown by. And everybody said it was going to, right? But... Uh, what a special guy. What a funny motherfucker. 
what a hard charger when it came to, you know, war fighting skill set and leadership and just a real fucking good dude. Very unique. After I did that podcast, I received, there was a lot of banter almost immediately from my, my brothers, you know, the guys from the old unit. Some of them chimed in. Chimed in, they're like, oh, man, I can't, I haven't heard your voices in a long time. Forsman's such a freaking, his stories are great. You know, he was such a, you know, just speaking very highly of Tom and very, and very highly of, you know, they're reflecting. If they knew the guy, like you could tell they wanted to weigh in and be like, man, thanks so much for doing this. That was awesome. And I've shared it with anyone who, that I know that served in the Marine Corps or wherever, you know, patients. I got a, it's an old timer, a guy's like 80 something years old. He was in the Marine Corps in the fifties, I believe. And uh, guy's still into it, you know, in his little community, he runs like a veterans organization. They just did a chain, chain of command ceremony. This guy's telling me stories about his service a million years ago and I shared that podcast with him, you know, and with my buddy Sean, who was among the guys who went in from my high school. He went in and he served in a similar unit to Forsman's uh, recon unit, sniper stuff. He got all he went to all these schools and did all this cool training, and um, and of course, any of the guys that I that I know knew Forsman and served with us that I keep in touch with, I shared um, that podcast to them. And every one of them, you know, to the man was like, hey, man, that's fucking awesome. That's crazy. I remember that story. I remember that guy. You know, this is interesting. What are you doing? You know, it's very interesting what you're doing. And I said, well, I'm glad you think so because I want to interview every single one of us. You know, I want to have a conversation with everybody from the unit. And by the way, we're, you know, I, I'm quick to say, you know, it's my service is a very special time in my life. It, it, uh, I can't say enough about the impact that it had on me. And of course, I fly the flag for it to this day, you know, come in my freaking chiropractic office and I got Marine Corps flags and emblems and little plaques and shit that I, you know, was awarded 30 years ago. Just little remembrances, little guide-on that I had. Of course, I did the Dr. Drill program, and that did ran that for 20 years, and all the lessons, all the little stories I told, all the little isms, all the nicknames, all that shit came from my little four-year enlistment in the Marine Corps grunts. And so um, it's about time, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is no fucking war hero here. You know what I mean? We served in peacetime. It was probably the only four years within the last 50 years where there wasn't some crazy conflict occurring. And so, um, hey, it was a good time to serve. Got some good training, met some awesome people, traveled all over the world. Has some kick-ass stories to tell. Signed our lives away, but didn't have to pay the ultimate price. Didn't have to put rounds down range. 
even though there's kind of like, uh, in a way, it's kind of like you're playing, you know, you're, let's say you're doing professional football practice day in, day out, and you're training for the big game, but then you never get to play. That's kind of a bummer. So in a strange, demented way, I think a lot of us who served in peacetime feel that way. Where you almost have to apologize for serving during peacetime, you know what I mean? So no minimal accolades, good training, trained like you're prepared, you know, like you prepare to fight. The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war, all those things. We did some cool shit. It was certainly challenging, and we lived to tell about it. So that's even better. But I want to talk to each and every one of these folks. So having done that podcast with Forsman, now I've got tomorrow, I've got two guys lined up. Uh, it's going to be Shane Oster and Robert Nunn, okay? Call signs <clears throat> Spanky and Ghost, respectively. So we're going to go live at 1 p.m. tomorrow, and we're going to talk about arriving at, in the Fleet Marine Force, some of the training, a lot of the tomfoolery, some, tell some stories, reminisce, and just discuss. And I couldn't be happier to be doing that. I've got, uh, you know, I served with both of these guys in 1-6, Charlie Company, 2nd Platoon, for the most part, the entirety of those four years. And they're great guys. And uh, we did a lot of cool shit together, hung out, drank beer together, carried on. And uh, so I can't wait to talk to them tomorrow. And I've created some, what, I, what I've started, in addition to my all my gear that I have now, I've got a process whereby I create an outline on a Google Doc and then I send it to them. They look at it and consider, you know, my, my notes there and add to it what they can. And um, I mail out a little lapel mic, one of those aforementioned uh, lavalier mics. I mail them right to their house via Amazon. And we do a sound check and we fucking go live. So just doing this a couple times and setting up my room and getting my equipment ready to go and all that shit. And now I've got people that are signing up to talk. And I think it's going to be tremendous. This is the place to start for me. If we're trying to come to some conclusions, if we're trying to kick the tires of what it really means to make motivation. Places like serving in the Marine grunts in the infantry and all of our travails and all of our experience together, experiences together. We're fucking over the top. And I believe that all of us have, were touched by that time and have been shining that experience on the, on the rest of our life. You know, wherever life has taken us, I believe that this was a powerful time that is worth remembering and worth discussing and worth you know, digging into after 30 years estranged. You know, I say estranged because it's like 
we come back from our last deployment and everybody's freaking jump, jumping in their cars and jumping on a plane and getting their discharge papers or their transfer papers and they're gone and next you know these people just memories and maybe you keep in touch you know where we there were no cell phones when we got out so it was landlines and i remember talking to my my buddy uh my one buddy chara who i'm definitely getting it on he's dodging me a little bit ducking me i had his parents number you know his when he was like 20 to 25, you know, that's, that's all I had. I'm sure he had his own apartment out in town or whatever the fuck he was doing, but I only had his parents' number. That's all I had as a piece of paper. So, you know, this is uh, Chara's. So I'd call and they'd be like, yeah, who's this? You know, is Spencer there? Uh, who's this? Uh, it's an Oberst. And Chara told them that if anybody calls by this name or said they served in the old unit, that, you know, that was kind of like the key to get to link up with them. And so that's how we would keep in touch. And then with the advent of cell phones and social media and all this other shit, many of us reconnected in a lot of important ways. But we've never really talked other than over some beers at a Marine Corps reunion or something like that. Uh, Marine Corps birthday, you know, some of those experiences that we've um, enjoyed down here in Philly. Did that for about five or ten years. We we would link up down there and we would drink and carry on and reminisce about the day. So other than that, we really haven't dissected our service and dug deep and remembered and acknowledged and spoken about it. So my mission here in the Making Motivation podcast and talking to these guys is to honor them, is to honor their service and their experiences and, you know, to reflect and to be proud. You know, it's, it's a time worth revisiting. And I know that when we're done with this conversation tomorrow, those guys are going to have big smiles on their faces and will have laughed and carried on and spoken for a couple hours about a time that's very important, very special to us. And so it is beginning. I'm not going to stop until I speak to each and every individual that I remember from that time. And I'm sure that there are some that I will have overlooked or, you know, actually I'm, I'm, I'm combing the, uh, combing the desert right now. I'm fucking, and there's somebody that I feel like had watched it but might feel slighted or, um, you know, who knows, maybe doesn't want to be interviewed or thinks it's stupid. And I had one guy, great fucking dude, who was like, oh, I'm feeling a little resentful about, I don't know, I'm a little, a little um, hesitant, you know, you know, definitely a cool time, but, you know, I'm pissed about that this or that that happened and, and that's understandable because we have you know like I said it's not all fucking it's not a rose all a rose garden here there's some prickly thorns and there's some catch me fuck me vines and shit like that there's some people that you know we might not have I might interview somebody that somebody didn't get along with or you know felt like didn't like them or gave them a hard time or a shit deal or whatever we were young and we were fucking feisty 
and we were usually under the influence of alcohol when we weren't out in the field or fucking on some training operation or traveling the world across, we were fucking drinking. And so we did a lot of stupid shit, things that we might regret. So I certainly want to keep it positive, but um, I have no qualms with, uh, I, I, well, with discussing difficult topics and, but the goal is, the end goal is to, is to honor everybody and to make everyone feel like they're part of it again. I don't want to talk about anything negative, you know, water under the bridge, unless it's part of a, a bigger story or whatever. Um, I know there's some guys, for instance, that we served with that are no longer with us. So obviously those aren't positive, uplift, uplifting, motivating stories, right? But these stories need to be told and these men need to be heard. And I expect to be very busy over the next, you know, however many weekends I'm going to, I'm going to have somebody on every fucking weekend from my old unit. And I'll, when I'm done, um, I'll start working on the rest of my interests and the rest of my sphere, which is far and wide. And there's some crazy characters and people with some great stories, civilians, um, certainly not going to be limited to making motivation with Marines. It's just a very logical place to start because as stated, it is the origin of, of my motivation. The Marine Corps taught me how to be a motivator, running the cadence, doing fucking hard PT, doing hard training, making friends with people under duress, people that you would never, that came from different walks of life that you would never have run across or cared about or thought that you would find yourself in their company. Um, that's highly motivating. We did some different things and some difficult things together and under duress, under the watchful eye of people that, you know, their mission was to make us the most deadly, capable fighting force known to man. And, um, you know, we, we put a lot of effort into that, the doingness of that. So, so I'm excited. I'm very excited. You'll hear um, the animation in my voice and their voices tomorrow as we uh, get together and really talk about some uh, of our times from back in the day. So I'm very, very excited about that. And uh, I'm excited to have carved out the time to do this shit. You know, all week I have been flying high from the, from the Tom Forsman experience and just my reaching out to people and sharing that link. And they're bouncing back to me. Hey, man, that guy could tell some fucking stories. That's awesome. I know people like him. I remember that. You know, so I hope everybody listens to it as well as the many guests that are going to be coming on this show in the next, uh, over the next however many months or years. But it, this is like a fucking spark to my flame, man. It motivates me that I am making use of all this equipment and I do have 
irons in the fire, you know? I do have, like, fucking enthusiasm about doing this. Because we're going to really capture some good stuff, some awesome stories spoken by some stellar people. And tomorrow, I've got two guys coming on simultaneously via remote. So that that was something that we did. My daughter and I did a little sound check earlier today so that we could do that. It requires a Bluetooth call and a fucking a Google uh, meetup call and some different settings on my uh, on my podcaster recorder here so it's going to be fucking awesome so tomorrow is going to be a special day it's great to have a weekend where you ain't got really shit to do you kind of knock out all your stuff today i went to the gym i did freaking two hours in there lifted weights did cardio i lost 20 pounds since the new year started i'm doing these podcasts the office is busy as shit everybody in the family is happy and healthy i got dogs all over climbing on my fucking lap running around you know sniffing each other's butts today we had a goddamn we got this awesome dog that uh, came in uh, is being fostered by this family behind us and they're really nice people they got a huge yard so this dog is a husky her name is uh, aster short for asteroid and they're like i don't know if we're gonna keep her they don't want to keep her which is strange because she's awesome. She's a husky. She's really kind of quiet. She doesn't bark. She just squeals for Bogey because she, you know, she wants to play. And so we got her together with Bogey and his buddies this morning. And I get a text and I drop Bogey off. And I get a my buddy um, whose house that I dropped him off at. She text messages me and says, uh, "Can you come down here? We got a problem." And fucking my buddy Bear. Bear and then he's got he friggin' humped this dog. They're all she's in heat, of course, which maybe is stupid for us to think we could get them all together, right? But um Bogey's been playing with her and he's been trying to hump her, but has not got any penetration that I could tell. Well, big old bear, he's a freaking uh Bernadoodle, gigantic fucking body, big old Peter. He got he yeah. He consummated the friendship there, and then they were stuck together. And I come over and they finally, he saw me and he jumped off because he loves me. He hasn't tried to hunt me yet, thankfully. But he probably succeed. He's fucking huge and powerful. But, um, you know, so everybody, <laughs> there's kids out there in the friggin' yard and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of laughing it off. I'm like, okay, you know, I broke it up. But you could tell these dogs, the three of them male, and to this one, you know, precious creature, Aster, that they were just, that her being in heat was no fucking joke. Powerful, powerful stuff. That was compelling them all to freaking get huge boners and try to mount her. So, anyway, I hope Aster sticks around the neighborhood because she's really cool. And, of course, uh, we'll get her spayed. And uh, I would take her if my life wasn't so, so busy. Um... Or if I work from home or something like that, I would definitely take her. Because she is cool. And her and Bogey really get along great. So that's it, man. Hitting the gym. Eating clean. Playing with dogs. Raising a family. Kids are teenagers. 
we're, I feel like we've, we've accomplished a lot, but we're always trying to improve. Yes, yes. So that's what this podcast is all about. I cannot wait to celebrate some of these fucking people, man. You know, I talked to a guy um, Thursday night, Friday, maybe Friday when I left the office. I called him. It was Thursday night. And my buddy Pudge. Well, Pudge, you know, I would speak to him around holidays or once in a while, give him a call or a text. And uh, Pudge and I, we, we were neck and neck throughout the entirety. We got a very powerful story to tell about, um, you know, our brotherhood in the Marines from the time of boot camp onward. We were really close, you know, for all of us being close, but he and I and a couple other guys, we were like real close throughout the entirety of our, our service together. So even he, he's a little bit of, he, he can be a little fucking, um, how should I say? Elusive. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call it elusive. Because he's got a lot to say. Real smart guy. And anyway, he he listened to the For, the Tom Forsman podcast, and he was he was all riled up. And he said, "Yeah, we'll do it." <laughs> so it's del it delights me when people say, "Yeah, I'll do it," because this is something that they can speak to with authority and feel proud of their service. And all these stories that we have to tell. And so it's a really, really inspiring thing. I think it's going to be great for a lot of people already. You know, I had somebody say, oh, I listened to that one. Yeah, I haven't talked to that guy in the longest time. Could you, uh, could you give me his contact information? So it's connecting folks who've been out of contact for decades, for years. So what's better than that? So maybe this brings us closer. Maybe it gives people closure, an opportunity to revisit uh, an important, a powerful time in their life. And maybe they are inspired to live a better life as a result. You know, ultimately, we're, we're trying to help people. Huh. Got a little text message from my daughter. Pick her up a little bit. Anyway. All right, my friends. Well, this is what I got. I just wanted to say, I've been feeling like I need to say something about how excited I am regarding this whole podcast thing. Every fucking week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a guest. And if for some strange reason I fail to rally the troops and, and get you know one of these Marines on the horn, then I'm going to be picking one of you folks. And I, I know there's no short number of people and subjects that we can tackle. We want to use this as a, a springboard to motivate people, to inform them, to inspire them, to bring them together, and to laugh, carry on, and, of course, entertain the fuck out of you. All right? You know, but I, I am going to issue a disclaimer. Forsman was pretty relatively easy uh, regarding some of his stories, um, easy on the, the listener, that is, because he did not tell some of his more uh, raucous, racy stories from back in the day, which I think is actually a great thing that he he seemed reluctant to do that. I asked him about, there was a story he would tell about Miss Baltimore, Maryland, 
Um, and I think that uh, even though he was almost 40 when I knew him, he grew up a lot and realized maybe <laughs> if we're going to get on the airwaves and sing this out to the world, we're going to draw a line somewhere. But my point is, you bastards, I don't give a shit if, if we're going to be dropping friggin' expletives, we're going to be talking about subject matter that you might find offensive. Certainly doesn't, I don't mean to be offending anyone, but these are true stories. This is authenticity from a time uh, decades ago where we were young and freaking filled with testosterone and typically under the influence of some kind of alcohol. If we weren't training, we were freaking out there drinking, carousing, trying to get laid, laughing, carrying on, beating the shit out of each other. <clears throat> it's just what we did. All right. So if you find that offensive or you, you're going to have to suck it up, man, suck it the fuck up. You know, we're taking the filter off. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll protect the, the, uh, the, uh, identities of the innocent, <laughs> you know, and we will draw a line like I just described, you know, we will, um, but, <clears throat> there's going to be some freaking tomfoolery and it's going to be talked about. So I suspect that's why you're listening and listening anyway. And if you've got a problem with it. Well, you'll probably also have a problem with being authentic yourself and being honest with yourself and living and fucking growing <clears throat> and moving on and in our efforts, trying to become better human beings. So might, ex might expect a little bit of that a little disclaimer trying to friggin' help you, not hurt you, but if you're going to tune in, you're going to hear some shit, all right? Love and respect. Stay motivated. Can't wait till tomorrow. Huh!